Lord, that you and you you did everything you did to to have relationship with us, God. You're the one who made heaven and earth and created everything, Father, and you did and you longed and desired to have relationship with us, to walk in closeness with us and oneness with us. So Lord, we're thankful for you. We love you. bless our hearts and today with with your word lord solidify and secure us in your voice let us see things clearly father let us leave today um, just knowing who we are and knowing who you are in us team a hand and and then greet somebody and hug somebody Tyler says specifically so everybody come up and hug Tyler Gannon 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, how's everybody doing? You guys want to start <clears throat> with a funny story? Um, so yesterday we're in Goodwill-ish. I don't know what it was. It was a secondhand store. And um, <laughs> it was so funny, dude. We're, uh, Gan- or Valor is like a, you know, like grandmas love Valor and Valor loves grandmas. So like. Anybody that's walking by Gannon, or yeah, Gannon too, you too. Um, Valor's just like smiling at him and loving on him, laughing at him. So I'm in, I'm in trying on a pair, pair of jeans in the, in the fitting room and Taya and Valor outside. And I, this, this, when I, Taya was just in there and this older lady was like talking to, talking to, uh, to Valor and talking to me. And then I went in there and then I could hear her talking to Taya. It was so funny. She's like, what? he's so cute because she already talked to me about how cute he was and everything. And she's like, what's his name? Taylor's like, his name's Valor. She goes, oh. And I literally was about to open the door and come out. She goes, she's like, oh, that's a really nice name. Are you guys in the service? And I just waited. And I'm like, let's see what Taylor says. Taylor goes, she's like, yeah, are you guys, are you or, or your husband in the service? 
And Taya, it was like a Christian secondhand store. And Taya, so Taya's like, well, yeah, like, we're, you know, we, we serve the Lord. <laughs> That's what she thought. She doesn't know what the service meant. So she's just like, she's like, yeah, we both are. She goes, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> and Taya's just like, yeah. And I'm laughing. I'm like, I said, I didn't know you were in the military when I came out. <laughs> she's like, I feel so embarrassed. I don't want anyone to know this. And I'm like, I'll share it Sunday. So, <laughs> No, it's super funny. I'm like, she wants to know if you're in the military, too. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's funny. I don't remember where I was going with that, though. That was just a good joke for you guys to start with. Um, I felt specifically in worship, um, does anybody have, have an issue with their right knee, specifically in the front of the kneecap? Is that anyone? Is it in your kneecap? I don't know if I believe it's you. Is there anybody else? What's up? Is it in the is it in the is it in the front? How about we just go for because I'm I'm gonna pray for it and we're gonna stand, okay? So if that's you. Let's just go for it. I believe, let's, we'll do multiple people. So you want to put your hand up. Put your hand up. Anyone else with knee issues? You have a knee issue? Is it from me breaking your ankles playing football that one time? Um, anybody else that wants to get in on this? Michelle, you hurt your knee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, my, my, my knee was just hurting in, in worship, and it's the Lord telling me that something needs to be fixed. So if that's you, would you just stand up and then get in on it? Anyone else can get in on it also if they want. So um, if you're sitting next to them or close to them, now you're drafted, welcome to the team. Welcome to the service. <laughs> Here's your chance, love. So you're not a liar. Get in there. And get, um, you guys go pray with John too. Right now. And then we're going to pray and then we're going to have you check it, all right? So speak directly to the knee. Command it to be healed. Command the pain to go.
Check it. Is there any way for you to tell if it was better or not? Anybody? It didn't hurt to begin with, but it has hurt. Did yours hurt to begin with? Did yours hurt to begin with? John, what about you? Did yours hurt when you came in? Yes. Does it feel better now? Yes. You don't have to lie to me. Just tell me. It's like volleyball. I don't know if you guys have worked for a few weeks. like perfect. That's good. We'll believe no more in Jesus' name. Is that cool? So then you can play volleyball this summer and get beat again by me. I wasn't sandbagging. I won with Michelle. I won with Michelle. If I had a team, if I had a, like a, st- I know, but, but be honest, if I had, if I had like, if it was all me and Jared and like people that were, yeah, 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 but that's family. That's not my fault. We were born in the same family. It's not. Hey, I came to play. You know what I'm saying? I came to play in the volleyball tournament. This year, we're going to go for it. It's going to be sweet. I don't know when it is, but it'll be at the end of the summer and we're going for it. We'll start volleyball too, it's in, probably in May, maybe, when it's nice out. Start Monday nights, open open volleyball, it'll be sweet. Do you have something, Simon? You're just standing awkwardly at the door looking at me through the window? Okay. <clears throat> um, look at, we're going to continue in the, uh, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm trying to think where to start in this. Let's go to, to Romans chapter 12. Like we're going to, I'm, it's Steve's. Steve? We're going to need a forklift to bring this thing back to you. Because <laughs> you love facts. <laughs> Is that a cross-reference Bible? Dude. Um, Stacy goes at him. <laughs> um, it's so funny. It's like some people have those family Bibles when you walk into their house. It's like they, they brought it in on, you know, on a, on a dolly, set it there. Never been open, yeah. Just crisp pages. Um. So we're spending time in this, in the person of the Holy Spirit, because um, if we can understand the working of the Holy Spirit and what it looks like um, to let him, to let him do what Jesus wants him to do in your life, we'll see so much more fruit. Um, I was just talking to uh, Shane, my buddy that's from South Africa, that we're going to see them in April. Uh, I was talking to, he has a mission school. I was talking to them about it. And it was like, I did what I did with you guys. Just like name all the things that Holy Spirit does. And it leaves, all it leaves for you to do. When you realize what Holy Spirit came to do on behalf of Jesus in your life, what it leaves for you to do is just believe it and let him do it, right? And just yield to him. Let him do what he does in your life. There's so many things. And I want us to kind of like, Specifically today, I want to really talk about his, his voice and um, like 
You guys know the scripture of John chapter 8. John chapter 8, Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, right? How does truth make you free? And then he goes on to say, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. How does truth make you free? Think about that. How does you knowing the truth set you free? When you know the truth, you'll never believe a lie. Because I think a lot of times we're like, we're pursuing transformation in Christianity, but what does that look like? What does, what does becoming more like Jesus look like? What does it look like to be transformed? What does it look like to walk in freedom? What does it look like to be free in an area? Does that make sense? Has anyone ever thought that? I want us to understand this and, and rest in this, that like, there's a lot of things that we do in, in Christianity to obtain transformation when the Bible says there's two ways to obtain transformation. Michelle just quoted one of them, and I'm about to read the other one. One is beholding Jesus, because when you see him, you become more like him, and you realize what he's like, which they both go hand in hand. And the second one is the renewing of your mind. In, in, in Christianity, I always say Christianity, in walking with Jesus, I mean, it is Christianity, but in walking with Jesus, he makes all things new and your spirit becomes brand new. You become one with his spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. What Jesus wants to see transformed is the, the way that you think. That's why you can be saved. You can be, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and still think contrary to the gospel. You can think contrary to the way that God thinks. And you're not going to see the fruit in your life because of that, because you're thinking contrary to him. So you're, you're literally, Romans chapter 8 says it, is that we the carnal mind is enmity with God, right? The, the, the mind that's set on the things of this world, on the things of the flesh, not on the spiritual things, the mind that's set on those things isn't just neutral to God. It's in opposition towards God. Does that make sense? So we have to realize that the way that we think has to be very, is, is what Jesus wants to transform. Because, and that's what, that's what freedom and transformation looks like, is he starts to get you to think like you've never thought before because of his spirit, because of his truth. His truth comes in and it, and it gives you a different viewpoint of the way that you're thinking or responding or acting. Does that make sense? I always say to people, I'm like, if, if the Lord is changing your perspective and changing the way that you think, he's already changing your life. Because you're looking at situations different than you used to, that means you're not the same person that you used to be. Does that make sense? Look at this, Romans chapter 12. Actually, let's, we'll read Romans chapter 11 and just read a little bit before, and then we'll realize what he's talking about. Uh, look at verse, verse 33 of, of Romans chapter 11. It says, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, right? So he's talking about the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out? For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? 
For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So he says all these things, talking about the richness or the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, and that everything is given and all things are his. So look, verse, verse 1, he, I beseech you therefore, because of that, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? By what? The renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? So he's saying do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's the thing. In our lives, we pursue transformation in so many other areas outside of renewing your mind. Right? We, we don't see transformation in our life, so then we're like, oh, well, we, well, we need this, and then we're going to need this class, and then we're going to need all these things that come in when the Bible says that when, you trans, when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, or when you renew your mind, you're, trans, you're being transformed. Here's the thing, and here's the problem. The, transform, the transformation of your mind does not take long. It just takes sincerity and humility. Right? That's good, Raylan, right? Being transformed in your mind, being, like I always ask the Lord, because I used to hear people say that, well, I'm just got to renew my mind to that. And it's been like the three or four years that I've known them, they've said the same thing about the same thing, right? I just got to renew my mind. I got to really renew my mind. I'm like, Lord, does it take a long time? That's what I was asking him. I'm like sitting, I remember I was in my, my old house sitting on my coffee table or sitting at my coffee table, like talking to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, does it take a long time to be transformed? He's like, Dylan, it doesn't take a long time. It just takes sincerity. Right? You can live, at, the word repentance is the word metanoia. It means to change your mind. Right? So when you repent, you're changing the way that you think. Taya says it in pre-service prayer. It's like, it, it, it's super simple. It's you seeing something from the one perspective and going, man, that's not, that's not the right way. And then changing your mind and going in a different direction. Does that make sense? And then your actions follow that, that, that train of thought. So repentance, I mean, it can be crying, it can be weeping at the altar, all that stuff, but it really is just a change of your perspective and your mindset. Here's a simple fact. Jared, can, his whole life, can believe that God does not heal people and that all of those gifts died away with the apostles. I can show up in Jared's life, pray for him, and be healed in a moment. What, now he has a decision to make, right? He just goes, oh my gosh, I guess God heals. That's repentance. Does that make sense? So from that moment, now he thinks different in something he used to think because truth came and changed it. Does that make sense? So it's a simple, all he did, but he had to, he has to agree with it, right? My buddy Paul prayed for a guy that didn't believe it. So he was, this is really sad, but he was talking to a guy that didn't believe in that God healed anybody anymore. And I don't know how they even got on this subject probably because Paul, my buddy Paul, that's what he talks about. He watches there at Starbucks, and this guy's like arguing with him, like, like super mad arguing with him. And he's like, God, God just doesn't do that anymore. He goes, a girl walks, comes in the door, walks by him, and she was like limping on her ankle, hurt her ankle. He just stops her, prays for her, she gets instantly healed. 
looks at the guy, he goes, explain it then. And he goes, I don't believe it. Just like that. And I'm like, so he has a, you, ha- you always have a decision to make whether you're going to agree with what you're believing or you're going to agree with what, you, what, what the truth is. Right? God's not going to force himself on you. That's, that's what we have to realize. Transformation comes because we let him do it. Transformation comes because we abide in the vine, right? Transformation comes because we're yielding to the Lord to let him do what he does, right? In every situation in my life, I, ask, I always ask myself, I'm like, am I responding like the Lord really wants me to respond? Am I acting like the Lord really wants me to act? Am I thinking about this situation or myself or the person like the Lord wants me to? So I'm letting him do it, but I'm always letting him search the situation and my mindset and the way that I think so that I can look at it in the, right, in the right viewpoint, right? So I'm living a lifestyle of repentance because I'm like, Lord, change my perspective in this area. Does that make sense? So it doesn't have to take long. It just has to take us being sincere and letting him search you. And that's what you do with Holy Spirit. That's what we have to realize is when we sit with Holy Spirit, we sit in the place of, okay, Lord, search me out, lead me and guide me into all truth. And by his voice, he's starting to trim away and cut away things that are not fruitful. And then you receive the truth and hold on to it. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? Because I feel like there is a question. Yeah, I mean, Romans chapter 2 talks about the goodness of the Lord leads a man to repentance. So that's one of the sweetest things in the world is because his goodness comes. He doesn't just come. Jesus, think about this. Man, this is so good. I might get on a rabbit trail here, but this is a good one. I'm going to follow it. If God isn't love to you, he's not that appealing. Think about this. God, Jesus can show up and be perfectly right in every area, and you're perfectly wrong in every area, but if he's not love, he's not appealing to you. Does that make sense? If he's not tender and a father and a lover and perfect love, then he can be complete, like he can have all the power in the world, but not impact your, he can impact your heart, but it can't be, it won't be from a place of love, so it won't really be that appealing to you. Does that make sense? Let me try to say it another way. Jesus is not egotistical or arrogant, right? Love, like he is, you understand that there's a difference between meek, the word, the Bible says meekness, blessed are the meek. Jesus was, he was meek, but there's a meekness and humility. There's a difference between meekness and humility. Humility is just being, we all know what being humble looks like, Right? not thinking too highly of yourself, not thinking too poorly of yourself. Just just being a humble person. Meekness is different. Meekness is Jesus had all the power in the world to do anything that he wanted to do and he does and he only does what's good. That's what meekness is. Right? Jesus is saying <laughs> Peter cuts the dude's ear off and he goes puts the ear back on the guy first off, which is amazing to me. Shows you that accidents, when you have an accident in your life, you're like, well, I kind of deserve this. I was stupid. Well, Jesus still fixes things that you, accidents, right? Because I think about it with like riding dirt bikes. Remember this, we were, at the, we were at the motocross track. You were racing. And this dude, they stopped the race. I was up there with my dad. He was riding, or he was about to race. They stopped the race because some dude went over, whatever, he went over the bars. Well, they, somebody was saying that like the ambulance went out to get him. 
And they were saying that he couldn't, he couldn't walk or he couldn't feel his feet, which is not no, no bueno in the motocross world, right? He couldn't move his legs. And I'm just like, like, so they're pulling him out, putting him in the gurney. And like his dad was like, I know we don't know his dad, but I see his dad all the time. And he's like, he's like walking. He's an older guy. Like his dad was like 60 something. And his son was like 40 something. So he's like getting put in the gurney. There's all these people around. Most motocrossers, guys, just a little side note. Most motocrossers, when that happens, they just go like this. Like it's going this way and they just pretend like it doesn't happen. That's what most people do. Because they don't want to think about the fact that you're doing something dangerous that could happen to you. So I'm like, I just remember, I walked through them. I'm like, I just got to go. Like that was one of the moments in my life where I'm like, this is what it looks like to, to be loved. It's not about me. It's not about, well, what are they going to think about me? I'm like, this dude is really hurting. So I just walked through. They put him in, shut the door. So I just, his dad turned around and take like super, like obviously he's like up, super upset. So I just grabbed him. I was like, hey, bro, let me just pray for you. I was like, can I pray for your son? He's like, yeah, for sure. So I prayed, prayed for his son. It's cool. The next time we were at that track, I saw him and his son riding, which was sweet. Um, I don't, Yeah. So I don't, know what, I don't know what happened or anything. I don't really care, but that was awesome. So they were both suited up, both racing. Um, but like, how did I get on that? Oh, yeah, meekness. But that's, oh, that was an accident, right? So it's like, you, what you think is like, oh, I, like, we shouldn't have been racing dirt bikes. You're putting yourself at risk, or you're doing this, or you're doing that. Like, Jesus makes wrong things right. So it's like, regardless of what happened, because I'm like, Lord, can I pray for somebody if like they put themselves in a situation that was dangerous and then they hurt themselves? Like that's kind of their own fault, right? But it's like Jesus is way better than, than what's, what's wrong with you. Does that make sense? What you think you should have done differently. Jesus is way, he's way, he's way farther beyond all that. So, G, so Peter cuts this dude's ear off. We all know the story and he takes the ear and puts it back on immediately, which is like, that should have not have happened. This guy was not like, hey, I have an ear that's about to get cut off. Would you come pray for me? Like, no, he put him, Peter cut the dude's ear off trying to kill him, first off. You don't try to cut a dude's ear off, right? That was not Peter's goal. Think about that. Peter's goal was not to cut the guy's ear off, just to kind of scare everybody, right? You don't swing a sword at someone's ear. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> he was trying to kill the dude. And Jesus just said, he says, put the sword, you know, put the sword away pretty much. But he says, don't you know that I can call 12 legions of angels? Just like that. So Jesus was the most powerful dude you'll ever meet in your life, but was complete meekness and complete love. That's amazing to me. 12 legions of angels. You understand how much a legion is? Does anyone know? Right? Three to 6,000. So 12, three to 6,000 angels. Does anyone know what happens when one angel shows up normally to people? Everybody falls down, right? So Jesus could have called that many angels that would have been anyone in the world would have hit the face, hit their dirt, and Jesus would have been fine, right? So Jesus' complete meekness is him having all the power, all the ability, and then living a life that's humble and loving, right? That's why we, we should aspire to that. We should aspire to be people that have everything at our disposal, but choose to lay our lives down for people. That's what meekness looks like. That's power. That's, that's amazing to me. Now, how did I get on meekness? Do you guys remember? Is there any questions? Oh, what you asked, right? What did you ask again? It sound, yeah, so is repentance only like just right. how helpless repent, or That's is just how well James can remember to repent? Right. 
That's how we got on this all, right? So he's perfect love, and the goodness of the Lord leads a man to repentance. So Jared can come. The Lord doesn't come and say, well, I'm not going to heal you, Jared, because you don't really believe this, and you think that I'm somebody that doesn't heal people anymore, right? Love comes and sits down and heals the person, and then he doesn't say, I told you so, right? Jesus is not like that. He, and then he draws him in with his goodness, it's so crazy to me because people, people would tell me, I remember I was talking to this guy about it. He's like, if you don't talk about the judgment, if you don't tell people how wrong they are and talk about their judgment, he's like, then you're not really sincerely preaching the gospel. And I'm like, I understand, there is 100% a judgment to come for people that don't believe in Jesus. There is a judgment that's going to come on people that do not accept in the sacrifice of Jesus. I was like, but what we're called to preach is the gospel, which is the manifestation of the love of God, like Romans chapter 5 says. So that means when somebody sees that God loves them in the person of Jesus, they're drawn to it, and repentance will happen. Does that make sense? Has anyone ever been completely wrong in the way that you're thinking or you're acting in a moment and Jesus comes up and shows up? Has anyone ever had that happen? What's he like? Right? Super soft, super gentle super loving. He does never shows up and just says, hey, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Right? Don't you know better? He's not like that. And that's what I'm saying is Holy Spirit is revealing the nature of God to you. That's what Holy Spirit is the one speaking. Like John chapter 16 says, he speaks what he hears. So the Father and Jesus are speaking and Holy Spirit is sharing it with you and he's bringing just sweetness and gentleness and he's drawing you out of this place. He's like, "Why, hey, what are you doing? Why are you thinking like that? He's like, that's not you. That's not how you are. That's not the way that you think. You're not like that anymore. You used to be like that. You're not like that, right? He's so, even if you lived a life that was complete, whatever, and then you fall back into that same mentality, Holy Spirit will just come and be like, hey, 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 that's not you. Come on. Let's go. Let's get out of there. Does that make sense? So that's why he helps you in your repentance because he's giving you an opportunity, but he'll never make you repent. Right? So he's giving you every, everything and every ability and opportunity to repent, and he'll give you multiple opportunities to repent, but he will not make you repent. Right? That's what's, that's what's sad to me, to be honest with you. That's what's super sad to me, is you can say all the right things, and somebody can still reject it. And that's what, I don't, I don't like that at all, to be honest with you. Because it's like, I remember I was talking to this guy, and it's like, like, I mean, he, he saw it 100% that it was not good. And I'm like, and it was just like, doesn't, just chooses, just chooses not to receive it. Like, he's, it, it's, he, sees, he sees what I was saying to him 100%, and he just chose not to receive it. And I'm like, I'm just like walking, I'm like, Lord, like, he's like, Dylan, this is what happens to me all the time. He's like, you feel what I, my heart feels. When you look at humanity and God does everything that he does for mankind to save mankind and they still choose not to love him, right? That's a sad place. But he'll, he will never force himself on you. That's why repentance is your, that's your goal. You're, like what we do by renewing our mind is we just agree with what he is saying and then transformation is the byproduct. The renewing of your mind is the byproduct. You understand, your job is not to transform yourself. Your job is to agree with truth. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? 
our job is not to transform the way, our job is not to change us. Our job is just to continue to repent, to agree with what he's, with what he's saying. Right? I, love, I love moments where the Lord shows me something that the way that I'm thinking or the way that I'm acting or the way that I'm believing. And I, because it, I'm like, man, I'm really, I'm really seeing fruit in my life. Like I'm really growing because even if I'm not, like there's opportunities where I remember just recently, like the Lord was like, Dylan, are you, whatever, are you pursuing, I'm trying to think how to say this. You understand when I do this, I'm not trying, I'm not like, I'm not at a loss for words. I'm just trying not to like, there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability, right? I can be transparent with you guys, but I'm not going to be vulnerable with everybody. Does that make sense? Like I can tell you that me and Jared had an issue, but I'm not going to tell you what the issue is because it's none of your business. See what I'm saying? I can be transparent with you. Like I said last week, I, me and Jared were talking about something. I had to repent to him. I can tell you that, but I don't have to tell you what I repented to him about because it's none of your business. Because most people think that everyone has to be vulnerable. You don't have to all be vulnerable. You can be vulnerable with people that you really trust and if it involves that person. But we are called to be transparent, right? Does that make sense? Um, the Lord was like, Dylan, are you trusting me as your provider in, reg- in whatever regards, like financial or um, like dreams in my heart that I have that I want to do, things like that. And because like when I get, I was getting into this place of like, I could feel my heart like striving to make something happen. Has anyone ever been there? It's like, you feel like you're <laughs> just like rolling his eyes, but you get, you, you're like, you're striving to make something happen. And it's like, that really never works out for you. You usually put a lot of effort into nothing, and then you're back at the same place that you were a couple, six, seven hours ago, and you, you lost some sleep over it. Like, so the Lord was like, Dylan, you are, I am your, like, I'm your provider. And I'm like, Lord, I want to know, I want to know you as my provider. Like, so when he showed that, he showed me the way that I was thinking, I'm like, man, Lord, that's not fruitful. Like, and it's not that, okay, right there, everything was different. It was just like, okay. I realized what he said to me and, and I realized the way that I was living. And I'm just like, I don't want to live like that. That's what repentance looks like. So now I'm starting to walk in a different direction. So now I see myself trying to figure out how I can sell everything that I have in my house, right? On Facebook marketplace to make money. Like, how do I sell everything that I own? Like the Lord's like, Hey, I'm your, like, I am your provider. I'm the one that gives you whatever you influence financial financial blessings the the ability to make it whatever the case may be does that make sense is there any questions on that one of the things yeah busting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a, so that's the thing is there is, here's a good example is you look at the children of Israel in the Old Testament, when they went into the promised land, they had to plant crops. You understand that? Like, like they, they had to actually tend the ground, but when they tended the ground, 
it was multiplied way more than it would ever have been without their, their work. So there's a place to where the Lord has you put your hand to something, and then he blesses what you put your hand to, right? So that's, that's the what, I mean, I know what you're asking is like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for jobs to come in. Do I go out and do a bunch of marketing, or do I just sit and wait on the Lord, right? So that's where his voice has to come in. But I always ask myself in any situation, okay, if I'm going to go do marketing, am I doing this to, with the intent of me being the source, or am I doing this with the intent of I know that, like, I'm going to pursue this, but I know that the Lord is the one that's going to bless it. You, can, you know the difference when you're doing it with two different, like, you can be like, hey, I'm going to do this, this marketing campaign or whatever you want to say. Like, I'm going to go pursue this. I'm going to go talk to this person or whatever from the right heart or from the heart of I'm about to take the reins over this one and make sure that we have what we need. You know what I'm saying? Because there's situations where, like, here's a good situation. So when I, um, I asked Taya's mom and dad to marry her, and uh, her mom was like, you don't need a ring, just ask her. <laughs> and I'm like, Christine, cool it. Like, she's like, no, let's just do it this week. Like, what are we waiting on? And I'm just like, because I guess Taya's not in here. I think Stein asked, or so Taya's dad asked her mom without a ring, um, which is not really that important in Norway because everybody has gold rings like this. Like, like all women and guys both have matching gold rings. That's why Taya has a gold ring that she, and they wear it on their right hand like this. So, but they don't have, like the younger generation is starting to adapt more of a, an American mindset where they, they get a big diamond, but most of the time they're just a gold band, which I'm like, I'm all for, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think it's kind of ridiculous what we got. But anyways, so got $40 to my name. Um, I'm in, my live, I'm in my bedroom seeking the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I need to ask Taya to marry me so that I can get the process of the visa going because it takes supposedly seven to 12 months to get the visa. Then she can come, and then we can plan a wedding. So I'm like, it's not that I'm rushing, but I'm like, if, like, if I started the process today, it would, it would have been a whole nother year you know, almost before I could like get her into the States to get her married. So I'm like this, but I don't want to do it without it. I don't want to, I want to propose to her first before we start the whole process. You understand? So I'm like $40 to my name. I'm like, Lord, like, what do I do? And that was the time where, so this is a perfect example. I'm selling my truck. I think I told you guys this story. I'm selling my truck. I'm going to sell my truck, pay for the lawyer, buy a ring, and I'll be set. Drive home with Jared when he goes home. Like, don't know how we'll fit all our stuff in there, but we'll do it, like, and we'll be fine. And I'm in worship, and, like, weeks of me putting my truck online, like, weeks. Nobody's buying it. I'm in worship, and the Lord's like, I never told you to sell that truck. And I'm like, yeah, but Lord, I'm like, how am I supposed to pay for everything? He goes, he goes I told you I would take care of it. I didn't ask you to sell that truck. And I'm like, all right, Lord. So I come down, I told Taya, I said, hey, I don't know what this means, but I feel like I'm not supposed to sell the truck. She goes, the Lord just told me this during worship that you that we're trying to do it in our own strength. And I'm like, sweet. Deleted it off of everything. Somebody messaged me. I'm talking like five minutes after that and said, hey, I'll give you what you wanted for it. And I'm like, sorry, it's not for sale. That's crazy. Because I had no bites on it. Because that's what the enemy does, <laughs> right? He wants to test you to see if you're actually going to believe what God says, right? Could have took a shortcut, could have received it, would have been fine, the Lord would still love me, everything would have went on, but it wouldn't have been what he wanted for me. Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> pulled that out. So, that's me striving in my own strength. So, I'm like, all right, Lord, 
What, what do you want me to do? Now I'm waiting on him. He's, I'm praying, talking to him. And the Lord's like, why don't you ask your mom if there is a ring that your grandma, my great-grandma had that, like, you could buy from her or whatever. Um, my mom's like, immediately she's like, ooh, there's this ring that I've always, like, I always really liked. It's like an antique ring that, like, she's like, we, I would love to just give it to you. She showed me it. I'm like, mom, that's awesome. Gave it to Taya's like, you could not take me to the store and have me pick out a better ring. You, like, she's like, to this day, you cannot, I've never seen a ring I like better than this, ever. And it was like my mom's, my mom's grandma, so my great-grandma, I've never even met her. She died when my mom was younger. But like right there. So I can either, it would have worked out, you understand, if I would have done it in my own strength. But me having a heart that repents and listening to the voice of the Lord lets him do what he wants to do in my life. And then I have a testimony of his faithfulness. So now when I get in a situation where I need X amount of dollars or whatever, I'm not, I'm not striving because I have the history with the Lord already, right? I have my mind that's already been transformed in that area. Does that make sense? Because I'm not conformed to the ways of this world. I'm transformed already by the renewing of my mind because I'm renewing myself to the way that the kingdom thinks and the way that the kingdom works. Does that make sense? Is that good? Does that answer your question? Is there any other questions on that? That's a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? You have another question, Brian? You do, don't you? Share it. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 or 6, 5 or 6, but he says, like, look at the birds of the air. They neither, they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, but your heavenly Father takes care of them. Jesus is trying to get you to think. That's why everything Jesus says, all the truth in the scriptures is supposed to transform the way that you think, right? Jesus is saying, look at my life. Look at the way that I'm living. Look at my situation. Look at the way that I handle the situation. He's trying to get you to think like him in every situation, right? He doesn't, he doesn't want us, to, like what I have got married and what I have gotten everything, yes, probably in my own strength. Is it, is it, not even that, is it a better life? Is it just easier for me to just trust the Lord in my own nerves and my own, my own state of mind, right? Why, why does the Lord do that? Like, you could probably do it in your own strength, but it's easier, it's, it's more fruitful for you personally just to enjoy and trust him and walk with him. Does that make sense? 
What's the difference between, how do you distinguish between trusting the voice of God or hearing the voice of God and distinguish between your own efforts? You got it. How would you do it? Yeah. So what is it? Has anyone ever thought this right here? This is why you, you thought that. How do you distinguish between God's voice or God's leading and then your own efforts or even like the enemy trying to push you in a direction? Um, so I, for me personally, um, like to distinguish God's voice is if it lines up with scripture. So like, I don't know, just like you can tell that like what you're thinking or a mindset that you have isn't something you're going to find in scripture. You know that it's pushing you in the wrong direction, but if yeah. you can find it in scripture, you know, it's for you and it's something you can, it's like a road to follow, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. It's good. Anything else? It's good. Give Luke a hand. That's a good answer. <clears throat> All right, everybody else better be ready to answer questions. I'll pull you from the crowd. Um, you got a question? Exactly. Yeah, look at that. Right. Yeah, look at look at John chapter 8, verse 31. Like Brandon said. Verse 31. Then Jesus, of John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, or who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He says, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. That means there's a choice on our, on our behalf to agree and to receive what the voice of God is saying whether it be in the scriptures or whether it be by the voice of the Holy Spirit, which wouldn't contradict the scriptures. But there is a choice for us to abide in that, to receive that, to, to rest in that. Does that make sense? No one's going to force you to serve Jesus. No one's going to force you to make the decision that Jesus wants you to make. Does that make sense? That's why, like Tyler says, the Lord's going to give you all the truth and continue to pursue that truth in your life, but he's not going to make you receive that as truth. Look at, so go to John chapter 16, and then this is probably where we will finish up. If anyone else has a question, just raise your hand. John chapter 16. In the way of being transformed, like we said, the renewing of your mind this is what I want to hone in on in the way that the Holy Spirit does it, okay? John chapter 16, verse 13. Actually, verse 12. Jesus is saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
However, when he, when he, 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 he's a person, he, the Holy, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth. Why? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine, therefore I said he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So look at this. He will guide you and lead you into all truth. Jesus just said in John chapter 8, and then he says it in John chapter 17, that if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. John chapter 17, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Then the Holy Spirit right here, he will not speak on his own, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Does the Holy Spirit speak outside of what God is saying in scripture? Would the Holy Spirit ever say anything that's outside of scripture? So if you have a voice that ever says anything that does not line up with the scriptures, then it is not the Lord. If you ever hear anything or think anything that does not line up with the person and the life of Jesus that you can find in the scriptures, it can't be the Lord. There's freedom in that. It does, that's, why, that's why I'm so confident that I can give anybody a microphone and say, hey, would you share what God's saying? Because if I can't see it in the scriptures, I'll just say, that's not accurate. Because I, I'm not... I'm not judging the person. I'm looking at the scriptures to affirm what the, what, what the voice of God is saying because he doesn't, he doesn't speak outside of this. Does that make sense? So when he's leading you and guiding you into all truth, what does that look like? What's up? The life of Jesus, that's one. Second one, if you sit down and say, Lord, I'm not really understanding the way that I'm living in this situation, or I might be acting this certain way, or I don't really understand, I've heard this, or I've listened to this teaching, or um, I've had this thought, would you guide me and lead me into all truth? What's it going to look like? Hmm? Right? Love and peace. He's going to lead you by love and peace into the scriptures because he's going to give you a firm foundation for you to stand on. Does that make sense? Guys, it's so crazy to me the amount of deception the enemy brings in regard to the word of God. Because he, if he can get you to question something in the nature and the person of God and then he does it because there is a lack of an understanding in the scriptures, he's got you big time. Because you'll receive it because you don't understand the, or you don't know the truth. Right? Anytime that I've ever had a question in any area of my life, I would just sit there and pray in tongues and walk the floor. And I'm like, Lord, give me a scripture. Or he'll, I'll, I'll even hear the Lord speak something to me clearly. And I'll say, you need to give me a scripture for it. What you just said, I need a scripture for it. And the Lord loves that. Because he, he does not, he's, he's not offended that I just don't receive what he just said. Because Jesus, when the, de when the devil comes and quotes scripture to Jesus, he says, you misquoted it, right? And gives him the, the correct understanding of the fullness of scripture because Jesus is the word walking. 
living. Does that make sense? So now when I'm in a, when I'm in a situation, and this is what, coming back to what it means to be transformed by, your, by the renewing of your mind, in any situation, in anything in your life, when the Lord brings a truth, you're receiving that truth, your ability to accept and receive that truth is what's going to determine whether you're going to be transformed in that area. Does that make sense? So let's say that I'm treating Simon a certain way as a friend. The Lord will come and say, he'll bring a, I might be reading the scripture. There's a perfect example. I remember I was, sorry, not your, not your example. I was, there was a situation that I had to handle with, like, how do I say this? There was a situation that I had to handle between two people. One of them was close to me. One of them was not as close to me. I believed what the one said that was close to me and wasn't necessarily correct. But I just trusted because they were close to me. I'm reading the scripture and the Lord goes, I'm reading Timothy and the Lord, and Timothy literally says, show no partiality. You understand what partiality means? It's, oh, this person is close to me. I'm, I'm being partial to them. The Lord says it. He goes, that's what you did right there. And that's why you, that's why you messed it up. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes, because it's like, how do you, you have to hand, I have to set aside that Tyler's my, one of my best buddies and my brother-in-law and see the situation and handle it and, and judge it righteously, right? I can't be partial towards Tyler because I love him. I have to see it and go, okay, now he might be right, but I can't judge it because he's my brother-in-law. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm in the scriptures and that's why I just sit down and read and I'm drinking coffee and just Lord cut me deeply with this word. And then the Holy Spirit just comes immediately. He's like, hey, do you see that? Remember that situation that you didn't understand how to handle it? That's why you couldn't handle it well. It's because you came in with a preconceived idea of already being partial. It's so sweet. I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know what we do without the Holy Spirit. I don't know what people do when they don't walk with him. I don't know what people, I really don't know what we do. And we, we, have, to, we have to open ourselves up to him in every area. But here's the thing. The Lord is not going to make me read my Bible, and the Lord is not going to make me receive that word. Now, he'll speak it to me, and if I don't receive it, I could go out and do the same thing over and over again, and he's going to continue to bring that remembrance back to me, right? But it's, he's not going to make me receive it, and all I had to do was receive it. So now the next time I'm in the situation, I have the truth that's already fighting for me. Does that make sense? So now I'm in a situation where Cassidy has a problem with Sarah, and Cassidy's my sister. I'm like, I've already been here before. I already had the truth. He already spoke it to me. I know how I'm going to handle this because of the truth that I've already received, because he led me and he guided me into truth. And he didn't speak on his own authority. He spoke what he heard. Does this make sense? Am I making Christianity kind of easy for y'all? Because I think sometimes we're like, I, I said it all the time. We sit and we're like, all right, Holy Spirit, like, tell me, do what, do what you do. Are you, are you putting the word in to, to let him cut you, right? I remember my buddy um, in Karis, super awesome dude. And he was like, he's like, dude, I was spending like, I don't even know. He was like, I'm spending hours praying in the spirit. I'm spending hours praying in tongues in my room. And the Lord stops me. He goes, you're not putting any scripture in for me to bring it up when you need it. I'm like, that's awesome. Because what you think is you're like, I have the Holy Spirit. I can go out and do all that I need to do with the Holy Spirit. So he's like, I'm praying, I'm worshiping Jesus. And the Lord's like, you're not putting any scripture and truth into you that when you, when you need it, I'll bring it to your remembrance. You're not putting any in for me to bring up to your remembrance. 
Man, that's why, like, you guys hear me quote a lot of scriptures. I've never memorized any scriptures. I just put it in and trust that he'll bring it out when he needs it to come out. So it, we have to be a people that, that read our Bible. We have to be a people that, that marry the word and the scriptures together and let that be our reality, or the word and the scriptures, the word and the spirit together and let that be our reality. That, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're speaking something, confirm it in the scripture so that I know it's your voice. Like Luke said, confirm it in the life of Jesus so I know that it's the nature of God because I can see it in the word. If there's something that I'm struggling with, like, let me think about. So funny when I say, I say, think about it a lot. I didn't realize it until I went to Norway and they say, they say, think about that, which is Norwegian for think on it. And I'm like, I say, they said it all the time. It's like, think about that. And I'm like, why do I say think about it all the time? Because I want you to think about it. Let's say Jared is, let's say Jared comes to me and he's struggling to really believe that God loves him. Has anyone ever had that happen? He's just like, man, would you, I really, really want to know that God loves me. Like I really, I really feel like he doesn't love me. I feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I can't feel God's love and feel, 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 right? Because that's what we do. We walk by feeling and not by faith. The worst thing that I can do for Jared is pray for him that he feels the love of God. And that's what a lot of us ask for, right? We ask that Jesus just come and just touch Jared and he just cries and he's like, wow, I'm really loved. What happens when he wakes up tomorrow and he doesn't feel loved again, right? Now he comes back to me and I have to pray again and then now nothing happens. Now Jared is really wondering what he did wrong to not have the love of God and be so real to him anymore, Right? So now he's living in deception and condemnation, wondering where God is, walking his whole life, trying to figure out where the love of God is and what he did wrong to not have it anymore. He's asking me to pray. Now he's asked Tyler to pray, asked Luke and Nate to pray. Now pretty soon nobody here really has that anointing so that he can pray. So now he's going to different conferences to try to get another touch from the Lord so that he knows that God loves him and knows that God affirms him and know that God cares for him. So eventually now he might get one at a, at a conference, but now it's gone. Or something happens, or he gets thrown into a turmoil and he can't feel it anymore. Now he's going from conference to conference, Bible college to Bible college, his whole life never established. When all he has to do is open that Bible, and that Bible says that Jesus hung on a cross because he loves you. Done deal. Right? It says the love of God was manifest towards you in this, that God sent his son to be the propitiation for your sin. That was the love of God on full display for you. So Jerry can go, for the rest of my life, don't care if I feel it or don't feel it, don't care if a person prays for me or doesn't pray for me, I don't care. The love of God was manifest because Jesus hung on a cross for me because the Bible says that, right? So the best thing that I can do is say, dude, what are you talking? I'm not gonna pray for you. Why would you even ask me to pray for you? Don't you know that Jesus died for you? If he didn't love you, why would he send his son? Why would Jesus hang on a cross if he didn't really love you? You need to read that Bible and just open that Bible and say, man, I'm so glad that Romans chapter 5 says that while I was still a sinner, God, Christ died for me, proving his love. And then every single time that I don't feel it, I open that Bible and says, well, praise God. And Romans chapter 5 still says the same thing. And then the next day, the enemy's like, I don't really know if God loves you. You open that Bible and it says, well, shoot, Romans chapter 5 still says the same thing. So I don't know what you're talking about. Does that make sense? Because that's what we do. So then we get tossed to and fro by all these thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and things that we've heard. And 
if it does not line up with the scriptures, I can laugh in its face and say, I don't care what you said. I don't care what I heard. I don't care the dream that I had. I don't care the thought that I had. I don't care the feeling of fear that I had. The Bible does not say that, so I'm not going to agree with it. And that's why I'm steadfast and established. And we can all be that way if we would accept it. Because what happens is people are going to and fro and going like this in their lives. And all they'd have to do is say, oh, Holy Spirit, what's going on? He's going to bring you straight to a scripture because he's done it to me a hundred times. And he's saying, dude, you're believing all these things and look at what, his, look what I already said to you. And that's why you have to rest and receive that truth from him and be established in that truth. Because everything's going to come to question that reality. But nobody's going to make you do it. And nobody's going to make you walk in that. Nobody's going to make you have faith. We have, to, we have to receive it first. Is there any questions on that? Sure. You understand, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be harsh, and I'm not trying to neglect what people are feeling or what they're thinking. I'm just denying its place of authority in your life. Right? Because you do not need me to coddle you and keep you in that place. I'm sure you have plenty of other friends for that. Right? You do not need me to do that. You, don't, you do not need me to leave you in that place. You need somebody to speak truth to you, right? I wish, I wish things in my life where I was struggling with thought patterns or, or, or strongholds that the enemy had built or identity crises or whatever, I wish somebody would have just been like, dude, what the heck are you even talking about? Just stop it. And he, I wish they would have just affirmed me in truth instead of being like, well, let's just pray that these thoughts stop. Well, let's just pray that this and that. Let's just pray this and that. And I'm just a ministry-craved person that needs freedom all the time, not realizing that truth has already set me free. And I just have to believe it. I remember when, when I was going through so much identity crisis and attacks in my mind, I would go in and pray. I'm like, Lord, I feel like I'm praying about the same thing. And he would go, Dylan, I'll, he goes, what's sweet is I'm not going to share anything more with you about it because I've already spoken. And what that did was it secured me so deep. I'm like, I don't need another word. I got one. I don't need you to speak again. You already spoke. I don't need you to tell me something that I, don't already ha I didn't already hear. Because what we do is say, well, I prayed over Tyler, and I said, I feel like God's saying this. Well, now I need something more. I need something more. Well, just take what he already said, right? I remember I was in Karis. I'm a prayer, I'm a, I'm a prayer minister, and this guy brings up a guy for him, from his church, and they're like, hey, would you pray? And just whatever you feel like God hears, which is a sure sign that they are looking for something. Now I see that. I prayed and shared something, and I'm just like, like, it was really good. It was spot on. Felt like the, it was the Lord. He could come back up over and over again. I'm just like, you understand this Bible is full of words. You should just read it and take one of those. I'm not going to pray for you. Because if I'm, if I'm building something that's not going to be sustained in the scriptures, then there's no foundation for you. Does that make sense? 
because I'm building people in me and that's not going to be fruitful and that's not going to help. I know this is kind of heavy and I'm being kind of blunt with you guys, but I feel like it's fruit. I feel like you need it. And I feel like I need it because it's so easy for me to wake up and feel a certain way and just not let Holy Spirit speak truth to me and pull me out of that place. Because then you can live and the enemy's trying to get you to think a lifestyle of thinking poorly, right? He, he, he will get you to live a life where you think from the wrong perspective and it's a stronghold that he's trying to build in you so that you think with a certain pattern. Every time that this happens, this is how you think. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and break those strongholds in your life. And we have to let him do it. Would you guys stay with me? <clears throat> So we'll have prayer team up here. Um, you guys want to pray? Yeah. And y'all? Well, not you. You have cameras. Jared and Nate. Um, Cassie's taking pictures today. So if you guys want to f- be more up to date, I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm going to have to post more on Facebook so that people know what's going on. So if you want to look Facebook or Instagram, that's the only, I just don't like it. I just don't like any of that stuff, but. It's like somebody asked me, they're like, how do I like figure out what's going on? I'm like, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't know how to tell you that. So now it's going to be easier just to be on Facebook and people can see what's going on. We'll post prayers and things or what like prayer night and things like that. Um, Guys, like this is what I want to encourage us with is. Jesus, and and this is why I said that, is like, he doesn't, he helps you repent by his sweetness and his gentleness and his, his love for you. He will not force you, but he will come to you as a gentle, as a gentle, loving father and correct you if you want to be corrected. He never does any of that outside of scripture, but he's not going to let his, I'm not going to let Valor believe something that's not fruitful in his life. Does that make sense? I'm going to attack that. Like the Lord is very diligent and very um, aggressive when it comes to deception. He does not like that at all, right? And we have to be the same way in our lives. He doesn't, that's why the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into all truth. He does not want any area of your life where it's not, it's not producing fruit in your life. He does not want any area of your life where you're deceived. He loves you. So let's just, like, we have to open that up to him. And I would just encourage us, be like, all right, Lord, this is what you want for my life. I'm going to put, position myself. Open your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Just read and be like, speak to me, cut me, prune me, show me. If there's any area, I'm, I have a heart for repentance. That's all it takes. Like I said, transformation does not have to take long. It just has to take sincerity on your part. You can open your Bible and say, man, Lord, I feel like in this area of my life, I have not been living the way that you want me to live. Would you prune me? Would you show me? Would you speak to me from these scriptures that I can stand on something and I can see the transformation because my heart is yielded to you? My mind is open to you. I want to think like you think. And then he'll, be, he'll come and begin to prune that. I have 100% faith in that. If you, if you do it from a place of sincerity and humility, if you do it from a place of faith, because that's what faith is. So if that's you, would you just open your heart and just open your hands and we'll pray for you right now? If that's what you want, like I said, Holy Spirit's not going to make anybody do it. Holy Spirit, would you just 
begin to establish us in the reality of what you've paid for and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, establish us in the scriptures. Establish us in our walk with you. Jesus, you paid a very high price for us. Lord, let us not miss out on anything that you've paid for. Let us not, ex- let us not miss out on the, on the experience of salvation that you have for us, Lord. God, we just, I want to, Lord, we want you and we want to look like you. We want to we be uh, believers that walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the truth of the word, Lord. Let us not be people that are tossed to and fro. Let us be established in the word, established in your love, established in truth, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we just release you in our lives to just, to search us. Father, search us completely and know us that there's nothing hidden, there's nothing There's nothing um, that we're holding back from you, Lord. We give you everything. Father, just right now, I just, we just give you place right now. If that's you, just, just share your heart with him for just a moment and just tell him with sincerity and just your own words that you just really want him and you want to look like him. You want to see like him. And just believe that when you open that up, he's going to do it. So just, just take a moment and just share that with him if that's you, if that's what you want. Lord, thank you that we can have a relationship with you. That you're not just a God in heaven and that this is not just a Sunday gathering, but that we can walk with you and be filled with your spirit. So Lord, we love you and we're thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We will have prayer team up here. Like I said, it's always open this week or these couple weeks just to be filled with the spirit of God if you, if you are not or to receive Jesus. Um, we love you guys. Have an awesome week.